0: Island has to offer. This week's edition of the Skytime podcast is sponsored by Toravag Distillery on Slate, where an island-style, heavily peated single malt whisky is being distilled in a beautifully restored farm steading. My guests this week are Nick Bullivant and Chris Paul from the Highland Council Ranger Service. Welcome to the Skytime podcast. Nick, if I start with you, um, the ranger service on Sky has had a bit of a sporadic history. Can you
1: give us some of the background? Well there was a very good ranger service on Sky provided by Highland Council and that then went over to Highlife Highland and um, after the retiral of one of the members, uh, the other member volunteered for redundancy and then after that we didn't have a range of service on Sky and I made a bit of a fuss about that and Sky Connect was very good at giving me a a platform and we organised a community meeting in Portland to address that and we came up with the idea it really ought to be a range of service on Sky but in the meantime along came this uh, Covid crisis and then on the release of lockdown a great interest in visiting the Highlands and Sky and camping, caravanning, campervanning and people came in unprecedented numbers. Unfortunately we saw some poor behaviour in other parts of Scotland and Highland Council moved to preempt this by appointing 17 what they called access rangers through their planning service and we are in Sky we are three of those rangers um, we are just here from May to October and after, for the winter well we hope that there won't be quite so much of a problem and we also hope that there might be a repeat of this uh, seasonal ranger service in 2022.
0: Chris you've come into this role from a very different career tell me about your background and, and why you're interested in being a ranger. Um, Yeah, I kind of
2: worked in music for 20-25 years now Um, and I started with a band then was freelance for a long time as a recording engineer and started a studio in 2016 in Edinburgh which I sold last year to my business partner and uh, the whole ranger thing came along when I first volunteered with um, the National Park in Loch Lomond so uh, as a volunteer ranger and started doing stuff there um, in 2019 and I really, really enjoyed it and I was a bit like it felt less and less comfortable in the in the music environment i have to say like especially when when everything kind of went crashing so um in yeah last year i decided to take a course at the SIUC and started um, started an agency in uh, wildlife uh, and conservation management which i will continue this year but uh yeah the, the job came up effectively and i've friends who stay in Portnalong and who offered me to stay here for the for the summer so uh, I went for it and I'm um, so far I'm really enjoying it.
0: <laughs> so Nick how easy was it filling the the roles of the three Rangers and Sky?
1: Oh well I must say that job fell to the Countryside Access team in Highland Council and I'm um, full of admiration for them because they advertised and they filled 17 roles in very very short notice and managed to get them all equipped and up to speed uh, from my understanding they found that they would have liked more local uh, applicants from Sky and Loch Aush and and um, they it, they didn't get them and I'm not saying that that meant that Chris got in by default <laughs> but on the other hand he's been excellent but um, it is good it's a lot easier if you're local in a place to find somewhere to live to start with and then also to know everybody in the community and to work with them very closely.
0: And Chris how much homework did you have to do before coming to Sky I mean did you know much about the island? not as much as
2: i would have liked but i i came up a few times before and i've been to places like Rasse, which probably helps um and i've been to the collins i hiked uh did part of the um sky trail even though we had to abandon it to, due to weather like this up in the <laughs> up in the collins but um, yeah I did, I did a good bit of reading uh, mainly about what what an access ranger does as well because we got um we got some information but um yeah it's, it's kind of all new new to me, like in comparison especially
0: to the volunteer ranger role. So Nick, describe for me what the role and remit of a ranger is.
1: Well, this ranger service is quite new. I mean, none of us done this before because there really haven't been access rangers to the same extent. And we've moved away slightly from the interpretation guide walks and school groups, which we all enjoyed doing. Um, We're really trying to address the issue of a lot of people coming to camp roadside and not really knowing what to do or where to go and doing some things which we really would rather they didn't. And some of these things are things we can ask them, you know, pretty directly not to do, such as starting fires um, and to leaving waste and mess. And some of them are a little bit more sort of, this is really just not a good idea. You're a bit too close to these people's houses and things like that. So do you consider the disturbance you might be causing? Or uh, And, you know, would it, wouldn't it have been better if you'd um, tried down there or give people some other ideas of, of what they could do? So we're supposed to, and we do try to welcome people and uh, invite them to follow the Scottish Outdoor Access Code, which includes taking responsibility for their own actions and camping and not leaving a trace uh, and things like that. So there there are particular things which SOAC, as we come to call it, actually involves, and uh, we're... um, Reasonably happy with the way that's gone so far it does involve a lot of driving around there are three of us to cover the whole of Skye and um, I tend to be in the south of Skye and Chris partly in the south part in the west of Skye and then with Sarah Price who is in the north of Skye around Trottenish and just occasionally across to Braes or Struan. so uh, uh, we are spread out very much and incidents uh, 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 of misbehaviour, very rare and quite few and far between. Um, We don't have an awful concern that we're going to drive around the corner and find another forest fire or something. But on the other hand, um, we're we're not uh, deaf to the concerns of people who live in Skye who really have some very severe problems, which I'm happy to talk talk to you about. Chris,
0: describe a, a typical day in your life at the moment. What, what does it involve? Um,
2: I would go for a weekend day, which is uh, usually split in two shifts, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Um, and I would, for example, drive um, from where I stay to Clegan um, to Coral Beach. Uh, check in in the morning, walk to the beach, see if there's any campus there. Like I can usually, I can usually figure that out by seeing how many cars are parked in the car park. So then make a decision if I want to go down. If I go down, I kind of approach the people that are there, um, speak to them about if they had a good time effectively, but then kind of advise on, oh yeah, um, are you aware of the Scottish Outdoor Access Code? Um, If they aren't, I tend to kind of just explain it to them and then, um, yeah, just leave, leave a bit of advice there and uh, on the way back I tend to do a litter pick and then the same again at night with um, a bit more focus on fires Uh, make sure that people um, yeah put their fires out before they go to bed advice if they kind of if if it's a bit too like if they kind of start bonfires large bonfires we kind of advise to kind of keep it a bit lower uh, and and such and yeah effectively talk about um, toileting etc like what to do when you're outdoors and all these things
0: And how do people generally receive you when you walk up to them to to start the conversation?
1: Is it a bit awkward? Do they see you as almost quasi-police officers? I think possibly for the first second or two and then they see the smile and then they they hear us say something like hi or you've got a good place here or something welcoming and all of a sudden it's quite a different uh, conversation. So we, yeah, we we find people are generally extremely positive.
0: So Chris, what experiences have you had of uh, of dealing with people? Have you had awkward situations where people have not been keen to be compliant with what you've asked? Um, very
2: few, to be honest. Um, most of the time, most of the time, people are very happy and are happy to be to be educated. Actually. Um, I found a few few times people were a bit reluctant, felt a bit policed or something when I told them not to park in passing places. I usually do that like in a very friendly way and introduce myself first, etc. Um, but yeah, so far it's
1: been not too bad. There was a, a tricky incident last weekend where you came across a group and you didn't like the look of them and they were all piling out of this boy racer sort of car and heading off down to the river at Brittle. And you just didn't feel that it was the right thing to intervene at the time and they weren't actually doing anything wrong but we looked a bit dodgy and the next morning we were both down there and we hadn't gone with a view to meet these people in fact we didn't meet them all we saw was a great burning bonfire of everything that had with them including I think the tent and logs and food bottles all over the place masks it was a an example of dirty camping that we've been warned about and well the first thing was to put the fire out and we have a ways of putting fires out we've got water in the vans and buckets and so on we just poured water on it from the river and then we did quite a big litter pick there and then I, we all we both went to and i had, I'd left my phone so i had to go back And then when I went back I found another fire site, Uh, the fire wasn't uh, burning, and buried in that there was a whole fish supper and it hadn't been eaten. And so I had another bag full of rubbish to take away, and I actually buried the fish supper because there wasn't really much else I could do with it, Uh, (laughs) it was a bit of a shame. So is any of this classified as
0: uh, as criminal behaviour that needs following up with the authorities?
2: good question actually like there's so many gray zones um where you, where you're not not quite sure that there, there have been a few incidents that were clearly um where there was clearly littering at least involved at the very least involved um, if not fly tipping but um i guess it's hard to kind of follow up on these things even if you take photos you can cannot really prove that these people have been the people who kind of committed the it's not crime it's the other word <laughs> the offence <laughs>
0: And so what actual powers do you have? I mean you've talked about um, having conversations with people and advising but do you actually have any powers to enforce?
1: We have a few very minor powers but we really defer to the police as being the main agency and also the parking control uh, people who are operating on Sky as well and although we will put a parking control type sticker onto people's cars this is to warn them to move the cars otherwise they'll get a 60 pound penalty but that depends on the penalty actually being issued and that's done by the parking control now we've just taken delivery of fixed penalty notice forms for fly tipping and littering and we will use these if we are in a position where we witness an offence and we have a second witness and those are are an extension to our job which is not really particularly about SOAC and and the the outdoor access code but is something that the rangers are able to do if we're in the right position to do it. I I anticipate issuing very few fixed penalty notices quite honestly. Mostly we work on our own and uh, in any case um, uh, the sort of time of day we are working is, is not particularly, not necessarily the busiest time. Early morning, Sunday morning, is, is not going to be a busy time for seeing people littering. Um, evening, even then, people are settling down in their campsites by their fires. Uh, you see them all along the eighty-seven. And uh, I've spoken to a lot of them and on the empty lay <laughs> I've been clearing litter and sometimes it's been pretty dreadful litter and it would certainly have been a criminal offence to have left it but nobody saw anybody doing anything and so nothing happened. So it's not to say that there's no criminal offences happening and also I would say it's not all visitors as well.
0: You've got 1,600 square miles to cover, there's only... Three of you—you, you, you're barely scratching the surface here. What, what would Sky need to be properly policed and have a a, a fully functioning ranger service?
2: That's a good question. Um, I guess I to cover my area properly, I would at least two of myself. Um, so I could be like in in places like Cleggan on a daily base. I could go down to glen brittle on a daily base, and uh, at the moment that's just not possible. And even if I go in the morning. Um, what happens at night, I can't really tell. So I can tell on the next day, maybe if I kind of find the time and I don't have to go to East Point, for example. Um, I suggest something... Ah, it's hard to say. Do you have anything to add?
1: Well, and and what happens on Wednesday? We found yeah, Wednesdays yeah. always a busy day, which we're supposed to take as a day off. And um, there's always things happen on a Wednesday. And during the holiday season, people are not so bothered about what time of the week it is. They perhaps arrive on a Saturday and leave on a Saturday. And so Wednesday is one of their active days. Um, I'm... I have... Uh, ideas about how many rangers or, or what sort of a ranger service Sky needs but we first of all have to establish good order among the visiting public and I have been here before in the 70s I had to establish good order on a place that had been a pit bing and people dumped rubbish and shot wildlife and we had to start from scratch with the local population there and I'm not saying that's what the local population here is doing but if you haven't got the basic necessities of peaceful coexistence um, you can't really build on that into environmental education uh, uh, for lasting understanding and, and get our future generations excited and interested about uh, the environment and that's really the, the long-term aim of rangers is to have a a population that's in harmony with its environment and is enjoying it and well able to welcome people confidently and at the moment we're not even in the right place to start that's the problem with answering that question is how many would it need to do our access rangers job three is quite a good number but more would be better um, there's no question about that and and uh, also because I'm Also looking after South West Ross and Loch Harbour, Um, I have a lot of my time taken away. So it isn't the full full attention of three ranges, but it's certainly better than we had last year. And because this is a baseline year, it will be better again next year. Um, There are several things that make me very optimistic for the future, if you don't mind me going on to that. Um, One is that Covid will continue to recede. Uh, I'm confident about that. I don't think we'll be finished with it, but it won't be such a concern. And more of the people who habitually have been going abroad to places where they're looked after, virtually, uh, in resorts, and any spillage or uh, anything that goes wrong is looked after by the resort, and the holidaymakers pay for that. problem in Sky is that if anything goes wrong, the holidaymakers are not paying for the problems. So there will be, there will be a slight loss of... Um, the numbers of people. Having said that though a lot of the people I've spoken to that have loved being here said have said we've not been here before we love it, we think this is outstanding we'll be back and we'll be back with this of van or whatever so I don't think that the tourists uh, will forsake Sky ever but on the other hand I hope that we'll have the more discerning tourists, the ones that are slightly more into what Sky has to offer and are not disappointed that we don't have sunshine all the time or we don't have um, poolside resorts where their spillages, mistakes and, and general bad behaviour is looked after by paid staff, because we don't.
0: One of the things that Sky Connect is looking into is encouraging visitors to put something back, to make voluntary donations that can be be put into the work of the likes of the, the, the ranger service. Do you think, from your experience of dealing with visitors, that that's something that people would adopt?
1: A lot of this has been made for free, and uh, the... Even the car parking, which has been paid for at fairy pools and store, is widely resisted by a lot of visitors. I feel sorry for them. They have £55,000 worth of vehicle they're driving around and they won't shell out £5 for, for parking and using the facilities that are provided for them. So there's a disconnect and I hope that they will be able to make that connection and thereafter i think that charging for the car parks which mignish hall do and which um Coat is uh, sorry Oates, is uh, managing and the same at the store and other car parking spaces should provide a trickle down of money which is suitable for facilities and there are other things such as wind farms and so on again which are trickling down money for facilities so so i think in the medium term Donations are welcome, but I think in the longer term, we'll eventually have built all the car parks we need and it'll be running them and the the difficult job of explaining to people what they need to do. That's where the money will need to go. So, Chris,
0: tell me about the uh, most bizarre situation that you've had to deal with this year.
1: The
2: most bizarre situation. I find, um, uh, just an example, um, people arrived in Clagan and found that the car park was full. So they stopped in the passing place and were starting to get out of their car. Um, And I stopped and was like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, guys, you can't really park here. Like, if it's full, then you'll have to turn around. And the woman looked at me and was like, this is so annoying. I was like, (laughs) this is just reality.
1: (laughs) Sorry.
0: And and, and Nick, what's the (laughs) most bizarre conversation that
1: you've had this year? People that just look out of the car at you and say, what is this place? (laughs) And you think... Did you not trouble to find out before you came? Have you just sort of blown in with uh, is this just the end of the road, and you've had to stop and find out what is this place so I've, it's not the first time I've experienced that. Um, I suppose it's satnav holiday planning. You know you just follow the satnav until you get somewhere and then you stop and you find, try and find out about it. I think I would like a bit more forward planning from people. <laughs> So you've
0: mentioned that this is a baseline year. How confident are you that this service will be funded
1: um, in future years? I think there's a lot of support that really depends on the members of Highland Council, the, the councillors, as to whether they will apply this money to this purpose next year. And... All that I've heard from them is that they've been very pleased with what they feel they've received from it. It's not only been used for ranges, it's been used for waste management and, uh, and other coordinating activities. And I think it's been quite effective, actually. Um, and it's good to see Highland Council working so in such a coordinated way. Um, I'm reasonably confident that the money will be available next year and that we will see rangers. And I hope they have an easier time than we do because uh, that is something that we're working towards, is a gradual amelioration of the issues. I've been saying to the team, you're palliative, you're not curative, and not because I don't want to do this out of a job, you know, If we cure the problem, then we've done ourselves out of a job. That's not the case. It, wasn't, it won't happen. But also, we're not going to solve all the problems. Not all the problems are ours to solve, even. And we are palliative. We are making the patient feel a little better about their illness um, and possibly actually working towards a cure. But we are not the sole cure. We're not the only thing that's going to put it right. And Chris, having just completed your first
0: season on sky if the the service is extended into future years would, would you like to come back
2: oh i'd sure be interested depends a bit on what my life choices are going to be over the next few years but um i would i would enjoy another run i think <laughs> if it was the same team
0: definitely <laughs> and do you feel as though you've made a difference while you've been here i hope so yeah nick bullivant and chris paul thank you very much for your time
1: you're very welcome thank you
0: And that's all for this edition of the Skytime Podcast, sponsored by Torreveig Distillery, where the first bottling of the Torreveig Legacy 2017 was released earlier this year. Please get in touch if you have a story for the Skytime Podcast, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode. Until then, stay safe. Aki va.